Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Focus Weekly Discipleship Podcast. My name is Kevin Rognes, and I'm the Discipleship Director here at Faith Covenant Church. And as always, I just want to encourage you to make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening via any of the major podcasting platforms. That way you make sure you never miss one of our weekly episodes. So today I am joined by our very own Pastor Shar, our Care and Connect Pastor. I'm very excited to have you here. Yeah. Um, and we're starting a quick three-episode series on the sacraments, um, which are something that have been kind of happening throughout church history mm-hmm. and are a big part of church life. And so one thing, one thing to kind of kick off this discussion is just to kind of understand what is a sacrament. So a sacrament, one definition that I found that's a really simplified version of it is just to say that a sacrament is an outward sign of inward grace that was instituted by Christ. So something that Jesus did that we can kind of reenact as a sign of the grace that we have received. How would you mm-hmm. describe sacraments? Yeah, I agree with all, all of that. Um, I would just, I would add that it's a remembrance thing. It's an agreement mm-hmm. thing. It's a participation. Um, and I always talk to families or people that a sacrament, God is the primary mover in a sacrament. Mm. So we stand there in baptism, for example, we say words and there's water present. Um, but our words and the water and the things that we do, that's not the real action that's happening. What's really happening is God is the primary mover. So the work that God's doing that we can't see is what's happening in a sacrament. Mm-hmm. So... And I love that description of it's it's God's activity. Yeah. Like we're participants in it. There is action that we take, yeah. but God's the main mover of yep. what's happening. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah. And so with sacraments um, in our denomination and in our church, um, and in most actually, most Protestant denominations um, practice two sacraments. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be baptism and communion, which we're going to delve into over the next couple of episodes. I do want to also recognize that um, other church traditions, historically like Orthodox traditions or Catholicism, they'll practice seven mm-hmm. different um, uh, yeah. sacraments. And some have varying amounts to somewhere between two and seven for the most part. Yeah. But Catholicism, in addition to communion and baptism, will include things like marriage and um, uh, confession, last rites. Yeah. What was one you said? Last rites. Yep, last yeah, rites, yeah. yeah. So um, it's just kind of a variance of tradition, but most Christian traditions will, if not all, will acknowledge baptism and communion as the main sacraments. And you may also hear um, communion called Eucharist. Um, This Mm -hmm. is another kind of Mm -hmm. name for that, or the Lord's Supper, a lot of different terms. But today we're going to be delving into baptism because with baptism there's kind of two different categories of it so there's believer baptism which is what we're going to address with pastor Shar, and then next week we'll talk with pastor sarah about infant baptism because there's Mm -hmm. kind of two different uh traditions with that and actually we practice both here at faith covenant and the evangelical covenant as a whole so can you tell us a little bit about why the covenant does both yeah um, the covenant, we don't have um, a large doctrinal position on, like, as a church that defines us. We have just a few things that we that we hold to um, that are in line with the historical um, Christian church and the, um, 
the Reformation Church. So we've got, there are a number of things that are um, that are hills that we will die on, so to speak, <laughs> um, but not too many of them. And right. we do that because the unity of the church, capital C Church, is more important to us than bickering over things where Scripture is not crystal clear. Mm-hmm. So, for example, for baptism in Scripture, we see examples of believers being baptized. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also see um, an example of a family being baptized where a man puts his faith in Jesus and then his entire household gets baptized. So households typically, we assume, include women and children. So mm-hmm. even though this man has has been the one that we're, that we're told proclaimed faith, mm-hmm. um, his entire family is baptized. So, sure. Yeah. And so today now we're going to talk primarily about that first uh, form of baptism, believer's baptism. Yeah. So yeah. how would you kind of define believer's baptism? Yeah. Um, well, when someone puts their faith in Jesus and makes a decision, I have decided to follow Jesus, <laughs> um, then baptism is a necessary, or a natural, sorry, it's a natural follow-up to that. I am desiring not just with my mouth, I am trusting Christ with my life, but I'm going to I'm gonna participate in something that unites me with the church, past, present, and future. So um, that's a beautiful thing about baptism is it, it not only is your confession of faith with action behind it, but it also unites you in a way that we can't understand mm-hmm. with with the saints that have gone before us and with the church, past, present, future, throughout all of time and mm-hmm. all of everything. So we're part; we become a part of the church mm-hmm. also when we're baptized. So, and so, is there mm-hmm. like an age limit for believed believers' baptism? What's the criteria for when it happens? Or yeah, that's a great question. It varies from person to person. Um, there are kids i think as young as second grade that we have baptized here at faith covenant anyway um and then people into their well into their 80s i baptized somebody who was um 90 or 91 i believe (laughs) Um, so it it really varies when with a child in particular um, we have them have a conversation with an adult to ask some questions just to make sure they really understand what they're what they're doing mm-hmm. um, and what baptism means um, but as long as there's an articulated understanding of of baptism and of a decision to follow Christ mm-hmm. um, then we just trust God in that yeah mm-hmm. and then um, so for somebody who's maybe not a child or maybe new to the church or having questions about baptism. So let's say I came to you today and said, I'm kind of new to church, but I'm, I'm thinking this is really the true thing. What would that conversation look like if I said, I'm considering baptism? Yeah, yeah. Well, I would start by asking them, what is what do you know about baptism? What does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'd look, so I, I would listen, and that would inform a bunch of the conversation. What's your what's your understanding of that? And what's your past? Um, past? exposure to baptism or what have you seen or what do you think about that Mm -hmm. and then we look at scripture and what god says about baptism and talk about what is actually happening Mm -hmm. in baptism and what that means for your life moving forward and and then you know in the end i'm not the one to judge oh i don't think your faith (laughs) is quite you know right (laughs) if there's clearly no understanding um that would be a different conversation but yeah as long as there's understanding that's yeah. yeah 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 well and a related question then is is baptism necessary for salvation? Good question. Because <laughs> there's that there's a verse that says, if you believe and are baptized, you'll be saved. Um, mm-hmm. But we also see the, so when Jesus was being crucified, he's on the cross and there's a man mm-hmm. on one of the crosses. He had a cross on either side of him with a man who died. Um, there are three crosses. And one of the men um, 
confessed his sin and repented and and asked for God's forgiveness and aligned himself with Christ as he was dying. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said to him, today you'll be with me in paradise. So he didn't say, oh, you've not been baptized. Sorry, sorry, buddy. You should have done that (laughs) last week. Too late. You had your chance. Yeah, yeah, that didn't happen. So it's not not necessary for salvation. It's not or salvific, we would say. It's Mm -hmm. a natural outpouring for someone who's made a decision to follow Christ. But if you believe in, and it's it's where our heart is and who mm-hmm. we align ourselves with and who we're trusting for our salvation. So if baptism hasn't yet happened, that's not a condemning right. thing. <laughs> One, and to me that relates back to that definition I shared earlier of sacrament, of it's an outward sign of mm-hmm. inward grace. So that inward yeah. grace and salvation has already happened, yeah. but now it's just kind of a way of expressing to your community and your family and the world that this is what I'm choosing to, this is how I'm choosing to live my life from mm-hmm. here on in. Yeah, yeah. So. Absolutely, yeah. That's one way of defining that. So often at Faith Covenant, when we have believers baptism, we practice it by immersion. Mm-hmm. What's that and why do we do that? <laughs> yeah, um, immersion, for those of you who don't know, that's when you're when an indivi- individual is fully immersed in water or mm-hmm. submersed in water, so an entire body. And there's a lot of symbolism there. It's the dying to self and then raising, raising mm-hmm. to new life in Christ. Um, we also know that Jesus was baptized mm-hmm. in the river, and that's how baptism has been has been done for, with believers for mm-hmm. since the very beginning. Um, so that's that's why we often do immersion. Um, the 90, 91 year old that I referred to a little bit ago, I one of my favorite moments in ministry was I got to baptize this elderly gentleman and an infant mm. at the same time. Oh wow! And his face was priceless with this baby, but he wasn't immersed. I mm-hmm. I sprinkled like dipped my finger in and made the sign of the cross three times on the baby's forehead and I did the same for him mm-hmm. and that counts that's yeah. equally yeah. again it's not what we're doing right <laughs> there are words and water involved and yep. it's not necessary to be immersed but yeah. it's very it's very meaningful yeah so that is for most churches and most traditions that practice believers baptism immersion is the most common mm-hmm. form of that yeah. um but some Churches will also do sprinkling, like mm-hmm. you mentioned. Or I also was reading that some churches will practice pouring of mm-hmm. water instead of like a sprinkle. So it's kind of a part way in between, yeah, I guess, yeah, the yeah. sprinkle and uh, the immersion. Um, yeah. There are some traditions too that, and this is maybe more of a conversation for the infant baptism, but they'll Im- uh, immerse infants too, which yeah. that freaks me out to hold the baby underwater, even if it's just yeah. second for yeah. a moment. but. It's a thing that I just right. wanted to mention that that's a thing. Yeah. One of my... Um, one we of won't my... do that to your infant if you don't want us to. So. Right, right. One of my oldest childhood friends um, is Greek Orthodox by um, by race and by um, practice or tradition. And their, when their daughter was baptized, we went to that service in the Orthodox Church. It was an hour and a half long wow. service. And they had a, a pool mm-hmm. on the stage. And she was fully immersed three times. Mm-hmm. Um, it was beautiful. It's full yeah. of meaning. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of different ways that baptism gets practiced, yeah. and we're not claiming any one way to right. be the mm-hmm. one way or the only way. Um, along those lines, um, is baptism, uh, well, actually, I'm going to skip that. I'll come back to that later. Um, so what are some of the biblical reasons or support for baptism and maybe even believers' baptism a little bit more specifically? Yeah. Um, if you believe in our baptized, you'll be saved. That's... Um, Matthew or Mark 16 16 um, 
Acts 2, 20, 30, and 39, repent and be baptized mm-hmm. in the name of Jesus. Um, and then the Great Commission is on all of us to go mm-hmm. into the world and preach the gospel and share the good news of Jesus and baptize people in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, so there's plenty of examples throughout, and there's, I mean, Paul talks about baptism a lot and like how meaningful that is. And um, John 3 also references, you know, we have to be born again through water and by spirit. And so there's a lot of baptism imagery there too. So I mean, it's just kind of throughout the Old Testament. And it's interesting too, that even before the life of Christ, baptism was being practiced um, in the Old Testament too. So like John, the apostle John, was or not the apostle john but john was um out in the wilderness baptizing people before jesus mm-hmm. was baptized and jesus himself even though he was perfect yeah. decided that he wanted to be baptized as well so yeah. Yeah. it's again it's that participating in the life of christ doing things that jesus did as yeah. an expression of that grace that we received yeah. Yeah. so yeah so then for baptism here at faith covenant is that required for membership? Is there like, do you have to be baptized by Faith Covenant to be a member here? No, not by not by Faith Covenant. Okay. I mean, we it doesn't matter to us if you've been baptized as a baby, if you were baptized last week, or or our membership um, information says that you have to have been baptized or plan to be baptized at the next opportunity. Mm-hmm. So if we have a baptism service coming up in a month and New Member Sunday happens a month prior. Um, we have we have had people join the church and then be baptized a month later. So they're sure. they've already aligned their life with Christ and they've already made that decision and have not had opportunity mm-hmm. to be baptized yet, but are in that process. So and and like you mentioned too, we do recognize that you may have been baptized in another church in another tradition yeah. mm-hmm. in a different way, and we're not casting doubt on the validity of that. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's scriptural because we we really believe that well in God's word says there's one baptism for the forgiveness of sin. Mm-hmm. So whether you're baptized as an infant or whether you're baptized as a believer or a ten year old or a ninety year old, there's one baptism. Mm-hmm. So which which goes into the whole rebaptism question yes. that I think. <laughs> yep. Well, I was just going to ask that. So yeah. there are some traditions. Like, I'll use myself as an example. Um, I grew up in a Lutheran tradition, and so I was baptized as an infant. Um, actually, fun fact about that, they, the, my parents were founding members of the church that I grew up in, and the, before they had their own church building, they were meeting in a daycare. So my baptism pictures, there's like just piles of toys <laughs> everywhere. Like, like the baptismal yeah. bowl of water was set on like a toy cabinet thing. <laughs> so it's just like, kind of looks like I was baptized in a nursery because I was. Yeah, so <laughs> um, but so then later um, in my life, when I was in grad school, like 10, 13 years ago now, um, I, I was attending a church that had a tradition of um, believer's baptism. Mm-hmm. And so I decided that for myself, that was something that I wanted to do as kind of a declaration of my faith. So what's the conversation that you usually have with people um, that are coming to church mm-hmm. and maybe saying, yep. you know, I was baptized as an infant. Do I need to be, to, do I need to go through a believer's baptism? Yeah. Or perhaps someone that walked away from their faith for a while after a baptism as an infant or as a kid, what would you, mm-hmm. what would that conversation yeah, look like? Yeah, I've had lots of those conversations. Mm-hmm. And our daughter actually, her first year of college, um, she was, uh, so we baptized our kids as babies and our daughter wanted um, to 
to respond mm -hmm. in suit when she was in college. So she was immersed um, during her college years. But so the conversation around that comes back to there's one baptism for the for forgiveness of sin. So in the covenant, we don't rebaptize. Mm -hmm. We don't use that word mm -hmm. um, because it's not. I mean, baptism sticks. I tell people, your infant yeah. baptism stuck. Like yeah. it's, it's a done deal. Yeah. <laughs> like this happened. This because God's the one doing the work mm -hmm. at whatever age. So we we do a reaffirmation of your infant baptism is the language we we use. Mm -hmm. So and I, we talked to our daughter about that. You are reaffirming, choosing to reaffirm your infant baptism, and that's awesome. Yeah. And we've done that a lot. Yeah. Um, but we don't. But we make sure it's noted that this is a reaffirmation of your infant baptism because mm -hmm. your infant baptism took. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, yeah. but I wouldn't. We wouldn't turn anybody away who wants to reaffirm their their infant baptism at all. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt about it too. Like I I, I, I tried to make it clear to my parents that like I'm not, you know, trying to like disavow the fact that mm -hmm. you had me baptized as an infant. I'm not saying that that wasn't, I, I, that I'm not grateful for that mm -hmm. or anything like that. I was, I just felt a conviction that I need to undergo this for my own decision yeah, and for yeah. my own choice. So. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, there's a lot of different ways to go about baptism, and um, that's one of the things that I appreciate about Faith Covenant and the Covenant denomination as a whole is that since there's not necessarily, you know, crystal clear instruction on baptism in the mm -hmm. Bible, there's a lot of freedom to have yeah. a lot of expressions yeah. of this. Yeah. So um, that's that's one of the things that's unique about our our denomination and our church. Mm -hmm. um, and it's one of the things that I appreciate. I know you yeah, do too. Yeah, so. that's our sixth affirmation is freedom in Christ. Yeah. And that's this is the example I give to people and they say, what does that mean? Does it mean mm -hmm. you can believe whatever you want? No, it doesn't. <laughs> no. doesn't mean you can believe whatever you want. <laughs> it means that scripture is a final authority, but where scripture doesn't say, do this at this age after you say these words, mm -hmm. then, then there's freedom. Yeah. yeah. Well, even within the covenant, different churches will talk about baptism differently. Like there will be covenant churches that primarily do infant baptism or primarily do believer's baptism mm -hmm. um, in the same way that communion. Like we know that communion is important, but we don't know, does the Bible intend us to do it once a month, once a week, once a year? Mm -hmm. And so there's a variety of ways to practice that. And we'll talk more about communion in a future episode as well. So. Yeah. And one thing about um, covenant pastors, sorry, every covenant pastor has to sign something and agree that they will practice um, believer baptism and infant okay. baptism mm -hmm. um, equally upon request even though they might have a personal bent or a personal um, we have to we have to not allow that to right. to get in the way of anything mm -hmm. so we we practice both joyfully yep. and equally some some places in the country one or the other is more prevalent um, sure. but a pastor in the covenant needs to needs to be prepared to do both right at at the ask when i th like i kind of i no longer plan on having kids but when i did think i was going to have kids someday i kind of wrestled with that question yeah. like would i have them baptized as an infant because that's what i grew up with yeah. and that's what much of my family what my siblings have some of my siblings have done with their children um yep. but and I, I think i've kind of landed in a place where i don't think I would have my children baptized, and this will maybe bleed into my conversation with Sarah, um, but at the same time, I wouldn't tell anyone who is choosing to have their children baptized as infants that you're wrong, mm -hmm. and I would happily be a part of that. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. So, any, I think that's kind of all the things that I wanted to discuss today. Are there any last thoughts you have on baptism 
believer's baptism, any of that conversation? It's a gift. Yeah. It's one of the best things that we get to do as a church. It's one, baptism and communion were the two things from the very beginning, very beginning yeah. that set us apart, mm-hmm. that set followers of Christ apart from the culture around them yeah. with these practices. So it's one of, it's one of those things that forever, timelessly, <laughs> The church has done mm-hmm. and it sets us apart and we're called to be set apart so yeah. i tell well i tell parents um when i talk to them if they're going to have a little one baptized or dedicated i said write this i'll tell them write this date on your calendar every year and then when it comes around every year mm. mention it this is the day we were we baptized you but mm-hmm. i would say that to a believer too you know yeah. this is a significant day you you acknowledge your birthday every year remember this day every year yeah. i was baptized i chose to be baptized this this day mm-hmm. and this is this is the first day of new life for me in Christ. So yeah. anyway. And I actually do remember the day that I was baptized yeah. by immersion and like every now and then it comes up again. And then later my nephew was born on that day. Oh, so it's just kind of, that's awesome. it's kind of fun to yeah, have that yeah, yeah. reminder of like, oh yeah, new life today. You, you were know. born on my baptism day. Yep. And then he'll yep. grow up going, oh, that was a big deal too. <laughs> Tell me more about that. Uncle yeah. Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's up to asking those kinds of questions quite yet, but but he know, will someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he lives out in Montana, so I don't get to see him as much either. But that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Well, thank you very much for this conversation. Yeah, and like I said, um, the next episode we're going to have a conversation with Pastor Char about infant baptism. Pastor and, Sarah. Or yeah, Pastor Sarah, you're Pastor Char. <laughs> someday I'll. Have the hair. I yeah. Look alike. Yeah. <laughs> you have both have curly hair, so and you're both taller than me, so <laughs> which doesn't take much. Um, but yeah, so next week we'll be talking with Pastor Sarah about infant baptism and some of the scriptural reasons why people pursue that um, and why are the, what are some of the distinctives about that. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Shar, for yep. joining us as well today. Yep. And I hope you all have a wonderful day. Bye.